0: And on Wednesday nights, off and on, of course, we get interrupted with different things, but I've been talking about uh, just how Satan is confusing everything. Satan is the author of confusion, uh, and the Bible speaks of the simplicity that is in Christ. And I love the fact that everything can be simple, and I love the fact that my pastor uh, had a simple, simple, minded approach to the Word of God, and yet it was deep. Uh, He was forced to stop going to high school when he was in the eighth grade. He was forced to stay home and help on the farm. He was so embarrassed by that, he hid behind the barn when the school bus would come to pick up his sister because he was so ashamed that he couldn't finish schooling. But it probably drove him to be more educated than had he gone. And, uh, And what he became was a preacher, and he became very educated, the Word of God. Someone found his Bible one time on the front pew and they started to open it and it was absolutely filled with writings and they said whose bible is this and they said i don't know whose bible this is but they're going to be a preacher someday and uh so he was a country bumpkin he uh he had an earned doctorate but he never went by doctor uh he'd just rather be called pastor or preacher and i just i just am reminded of the fact that no matter what scholars and 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 very you know affluent people might be or think or everyone thinks of them. First Corinthians still says God chooses the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise. And God chooses the weak things to confound the things that are mighty. And so a uh, little is much when God is in it. And and we do not have to be confused. The word of God does not have to be confusing. Satan is the one that confuses. He's the one that corrupts the word of God. He's the one that corrupts everything about God's word and everything about Uh, what God would have in his church and of course his main corruption his main concern is the way of salvation as I was saying on Sunday uh, all you have to do is is change the way of salvation you can keep talking about Jesus all you want just change how you get saved Uh, just just you know add a little this and add a little that and and uh, and pretty soon it's not Jesus alone uh, it's not by works of righteousness, though, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. And so uh, everything's getting confusing and Satan's behind that. We just need to recognize that. And that's what I love about God's word is even someone simple like me can understand it. But here in First John chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, <clears throat> because many false prophets are gone out into the world. I want to look at that word many, and we'll talk about it in three different ways tonight. Many, many false prophets are gone out into the world. Look with me in Deuteronomy chapter number 13, Deuteronomy chapter 13. In the Old Testament, this is how they were to treat false prophets. Deuteronomy 13 verse 1, If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, Whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall not walk after the Lord your God, excuse me, you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him. And keep his commandments and obey his voice, and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death, because he hath spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to th- thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. So shalt thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. So in the Old Testament, they were warned. Now, what's interesting about that is it doesn't say, if a false prophet tries to get you to follow some other God, and he prophesies something, or he does a sign or a wonder, and it doesn't come to pass, then you know he's a false prophet. Although that's in the Bible too. But here it it, it makes it sound like it does come to pass, whatever the magic was. Whatever the sign or wonder, it did come to pass. But does that make him legitimate? No. 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 What makes him legitimate? If he's fearing God and keeping his what? Commandments. Commandments. Where do you find the commandments of God? See how it's always the word of God. That's what it has to be. It has to be the word of God. How do you know if someone's a false prophet? Well, pastor, I just have a way of knowing. I knew a mechanic. In fact, he's still operating in Casper. He works on nothing but high-dollar motors, and and, uh, he used to be a pit crew member in Indy 500. He could lay a ruler across the top of an engine while it's running, and he could tell you if there's something wrong. That's pretty impressive. But I don't care who you are. You can't lay your hand on someone and say, well, I I can feel it. They're a real prophet. There's only one ruler. There's only one ruler that you can use, and that is the word of God. You can say, well, I just get a bad vibe about that person. You know what? Maybe you do get a bad vibe about that person, but that doesn't mean that you are the standard. You might say, well, I get a good vibe about that person. The Mormons uh, talk about this burning in the bosom. I've had that before at Pizza Hut, but that's not any indication of anything, okay? You have to use the word of God. So if I were the devil, he's probably not thought about this, but if I were the devil, I would mess with the word of God. Oh, wait, he has thought of this. And there are lots of versions now. And there are so many versions that most, most Christians don't even bring a Bible to church anymore because they put it up on a screen whatever it is most of your preachers today are going to cherry pick so many different references from so many places and they want one that says it better in this version so they'll use that So, so they just put it up on a screen most churches don't have hymnals or Bibles we purposely have Bibles in our pews Some of the kids were messing with them tonight, but we purposely have Bibles in the pews because if you didn't bring one, we want you to know you can have one to look at. And we want you to know that this guy up here isn't always perfect, and so you need to make sure you're reading it out of the Bible. You need to know what God's Word says. So how do you know if there's many... How do you know? It doesn't say there'll be a few. It says there'll be many false prophets. Many. So we need to understand... That the way to know is the commandments of the Lord. That's how we know. That's how we judge them. Not whether or not their sign and wonder came to pass. It could come to pass. See, that's the thing. Just because what they predicted happened. Listen, Satan is, Satan's got power. What better way to fool people than to do some magic trick like they did with Moses in Egypt and Egypt and all that. You say, but pastor, why would God allow such stuff to happen? I mean, why does God allow false prophets? I mean, why doesn't God just look down and see false prophet, you know? He does it on purpose. He allows it on purpose. Why? Because it proves us. It proves us. Look at verse 3. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or of that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God, what? The Lord your God proveth you. It's it's the way God calls us. It's the way he weeds us out. He purposely allows false prophets to exist to attract the false professors. He purposely allows the false prophets to allow the false professors of Christianity. Look look at me in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Remember, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. I know them. They follow me. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse number Seventeen. Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not that you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. In other words, those who are right are are going to be separate from those who are in the heresy. And so God allows sometimes, he allows stuff to get started so that it will divide the sheep from the goats and to prove those who are following his word and those who are just here. Listen, I, I've heard this. I, I think I even heard it tonight. And I, I have no problem with people saying it. But I have heard this more than once. This church family is so friendly and so loving and so kind and so good. And that's amazing to me because I'm the pastor and I have none of those things in my personality. And yet we have people like Mrs. Slagle and other people who are just, they really help to make up for my lack. And you can, you can come to church here and really feel like people care. Like, pe- you know, I saw Mrs. Slagle talking to some very new people that are here tonight. And she's already talking to them. And what? Well, that's just, and Mrs. Adams, when she was alive, that's what she would do. And there are other people in the room that do that. And I, and our church, and it's a wonderful thing. And I think there are people who just love to be a part of this church family. And that's a good thing. But it's also just something that people can be attracted to because it feels good. Rather than what is really the church about. And I'm not saying you should stop it, but even if everybody's having a really bad night and nobody says hi to anybody, which would be really lousy, we're really meeting to hear the truth from the Bible. And you know, God, God wants us to not meet because it's comfortable or because we're appreciated, or because we feel something. I mentioned it the other day. Someone said, church is supposed to be positive. I'm supposed to have a warm, happy feeling. And I, I hope so. But I don't think the person who said that to me is even saved. And we need to understand that truth has to be preached and we have to decide, you know what? It's it's God's word that I'm holding to, not anything else. It has to be the word of God. In Second Peter chapter number two, second Peter chapter number two. Peter chapter number two, 2 and two, 2 verse one. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. So it's talking about the Old Testament. It's saying there were false prophets in the Old Testament and there's going to be false teachers among you who privily or privately shall bring in damnable heresies. Privily means covertly, privately when no one else is noticing. Shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And there's that word again. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. In other words, the true way is is called the evil way. The way of truth is evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. That word feigned comes from a Greek word called plastos, plastos. It sounds like plastic, and that's exactly what it is. In fact, we get our word plastic from the same word. Feigned words. Plastic. In other words, the preacher just molds himself into whatever he needs to be in order to, you know, kind of like Gumby, I'll just be whatever you want me to be. And that's what most ministers are. And I do not want to see anybody stop coming to Mountain View Baptist Church. but I have to start with God himself when I say that. And I'd rather everybody else walk out the door than to God say, I can't come here. This is, this is ridiculous. You got to understand, a pastor, or a preacher, he has to deal with this in his own personal life all the time, feigned words. Do you know that you can pretty much get by saying a lot of right things and, and, and everybody's okay because you, you said nothing but right things. But you left out things. Lying is not just telling a lie. It's when you only tell half the truth. And we, we omit the things that need to be said. <clears throat> you might have heard of this person. There's a guy, he's no longer on earth. His name was Billy Graham. You might have heard of him. years ago you can look this up on youtube i just looked it up a couple hours ago you can look this up on youtube he was on larry king live he was much older he was he was white haired obviously old larry king said but what about hell what about the people what about the the mormons or the jews or and he named off some others what about people who don't believe what you believe about jesus christ where do they go if they don't believe what you believe? And Billy Graham said, well, it's not for me to judge. That's God's business. He said, so you, you, you're you not going to condemn them to hell? He said, oh, I, I, I can't say. When I was younger, I used to be more dogmatic. But I've learned my my job my ministry is to be a preacher of love. There are other preachers that might deal with that subject, but I'm supposed to be a preacher of love. Did you know that Jesus mentioned hell more than heaven? Do you know why? because Jesus was a negative person? No. Because Jesus loved. And a lot of pastors, ministers, everybody, if Billy said it, it's okay. You... uh, You you got to understand, and through through covetousness shall with with, they with feigned words make merchandise of you. They make money. They become popular. Listen, I'm focusing on the word many because Jesus said many, Peter saying many, John said many. Many will follow. Many false prophets. Christianity is not the popular. Biblical Christianity is not popular. Satanic Jesus, another Jesus, another gospel will be many. They'll make merchandise of you. There's always money behind it. Follow the money, honey. And, and then it says, Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Last week we heard the preacher preach on Psalm 73. I don't understand why they're getting away with it. They'll, they're only going to get away with it for a while. There's a day coming. There's a prophet in the Old Testament that I love. He did not make merchandise of anyone. And he was a negative pessimist. You can find his story, it's in more than one passage, but you can find a story in 2 Chronicles chapter number 18. And it's the story of this guy named Micaiah, who happened to be a prophet during the days of Ahab and Jezebel. Kind of like our day. And uh, Ahab and Jezebel were awful. Jehoshaphat was a pretty good king, but he decided to play footsies with Ahab and, and he shouldn't have been doing that. And Jehoshaphat joins up with Ahab and Jehoshaphat says, don't you think we ought to find a, a, a man of God to talk to about this decision to go to war? And, and uh, Ahab says, sure. And so he goes, grabs all of his puppets and you know, brings them out there and kind of like you know, Kim Jong-un, you know, everyone's clapping for him and, and all, these, all these puppet po- prophets are telling Ahab exactly what they want to hear, what he wants to hear. And Jehoshaphat says, you know, I, is there anybody else And and King Ahab says, well, there's this guy Micaiah, but he never says anything good. He's always negative. Listen, if God's man is always negative, you might want to figure out who's the problem. Like that person earlier. Church is supposed to be. Listen, it is a positive thing. When you're right with the Lord, you love to be. Why? Because it's like truth, truth, truth. I need more of that. Micaiah goes in there and Micaiah, the servant of Ahab comes and says, "King wants you again." Micaiah says, "All right And the servant says, "Listen, the king, everybody else has already told the king exactly what he wants to hear. he wants to hear. Just tell him what he wants to hear. Don't be so negative." Years ago, I read about a, a preacher. I think his name was Cartwright in the 1800s, somebody he was in D.C. and he was preaching and someone said Preacher, President Andrew Jackson is in the congregation this morning the pastor got up and said I've been told that President Andrew Jackson is in the congregation today it must have been an awfully big auditorium he said I just want to say that if Andrew Jackson does not trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for his salvation he will die and go to hell he needs to be born again like anyone else And then he preached his message. It's said that afterwards, President Jackson found the preacher and shook his hand and said, if I had men like you, I could take the world. Micaiah was one of those kind of preachers. He said, I'm just going to tell him the truth. Of course, Ahab threw a fit because it was the truth, but he was right. And we have to appreciate that. And yet it's not easy. It's hard. And I... Don't want to be over harsh with Mr. Graham or anyone else, but let me just say there's real pressure when you're on Larry King Live. But you better remember there's a bigger person out there than Larry King that you're going to stand before someday. And Billy's not the authority to all the other preachers out there. Billy's not the authority. God's word is the authority. And I'm telling you that even in Christian circles this is becoming politically incorrect. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a day when this particular Bible right here is illegal. This old King James. Why? Because this one like no other is so obviously against sodomy. This this is this is very anti-homosexual. It's obvious. There's already taken verses and twisted them in other versions. And there's coming a day when your government will probably tell you this is illegal. It's hate speech. You cannot be tax exempt and use that Bible. What's your final authority? What is your final authority? What kind of Christianity do you have? Now, I I have never tried to use the word of God to preach hate or about anyone. But they're going to call you that and that's what Ahab said about Micaiah. He hates me. No he doesn't. He just loves God. And he can't lie to you. So there are many false prophets. 1 John chapter number 2 1 John chapter number 2 1 John chapter 2 we just heard tonight Joshua has a an evangelist friend who might have the opportunity to actually speak to president Biden next week. What do you think that young preacher needs to tell him? Not in the harshest way possible, but in hopefully the clearest way possible, he needs to be born again. He needs to be saved. We need to understand that God might give us all those kinds of opportunities. And is anybody here besides me failed, scared, afraid, worried, Water it down, change it. First John chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 18. Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, Wherefore, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went, out, went out from us, but it, they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, that they were not all of us. See, there again, there's that separation. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lies of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Antichrist is a very interesting word. When you say the word, people think of one person. And verse 18 says, the Antichrist shall come, that Antichrist shall come. But there are many Antichrists. And what's interesting about the word Antichrist is it has two meanings. The word anti means two things. It means against, opposed, you know. But it also means in replacement of, instead of. And really they go together. Because if you try to replace Jesus, you really are opposed to him. You really are doing him disservice. You are a liar. Anyone who claims to be Christ and is not, he is definitely opposed to Christ, at the same time making himself to be Christ. There are many of those. In various religions. There are well, they talk about Jesus. Here's your, here's your ruler. It's not about how you feel. It's not about whether you like them or, or they're nice people or they do good works. Warm fuzzy. Here's your ruler. See, most Christians don't even have the ruler anymore. Most, most, most Bible studies and most church, I mean, everyone's got a different one. And they're not all saying the same thing. In Acts chapter 8, there's a whole verse missing that talks about believe with all thine heart and then you can be baptized. I just heard someone telling a little boy this tonight earlier. Baptism is a wonderful thing, but there's something that has to take place before you can be baptized. All you got to do is take one verse out. And everyone can still be Christian, not biblically. So there are many antichrists. Antichrist does not mean, you know, a guy with a red suit and a pitchfork. Antichrist just means a replacement that's really opposed, that has a different Jesus than the Bible has, a different gospel, a different doctrine. That's all. There'll be many. And this is what Jesus warned about. Look with me in Matthew twenty-four and mark thirteen. Matthew twenty-four. Matthew twenty four. Mark thirteen. Matthew twenty four and verse twenty four. For there shall be there shall arise, this is red letters. By the way, I really don't care if, if, if you have a red-letter Bible because in my opinion, it's all his words. But you know what I mean. Matthew twenty four twenty four. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. I think it's possible for a Christian to get fooled for a while. But I say for a while, a Christian of eventually, whoa, 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 we're we're getting off track here. We're getting away from the word of God, and we're trusting our lean not to thine own understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge him. How do you acknowledge him? And he shall direct thy paths. But I, I think it's very possible to fool someone who says they're a Christian but is not. And that's why sometimes, like, how could they do? all i'm going to say is maybe they weren't really a saved person after all maybe they really liked the program and they liked the the camaraderie and they really enjoyed but maybe because how else could you go from truth to something else permanently mark chapter 13 mark chapter 13 verse 21 And if any man shall say to you, lo, here is Christ, or lo, he is there, believe him not. For false Christs and false prophets shall arise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. So he's warning us before the last days that these things will come. And we need to take heed to it. There are many antichrists. Anti, again, replacement, instead of. well pastor i i can tell if it's antichrist because you know they 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 make you know they they they've got jesus on a crucifix inside a bottle of urine and they call it art yeah that's antichrist that's not the only way that antichrist is though it's just as antichrist to look real good but to lead a false gospel And if I were the devil, I think I could fool a lot more people that way than trying to promote the church of Satan. Then the third many is Matthew 7. We were there Sunday. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. By the way, there are Bible versions out there now that say, difficult is the way. Hold on a second. Getting saved is not difficult, but it is the narrow way. It is not hard to get saved. It is as easy as a child believing. But it is the narrow path versus the broad way. There are highways that are seven lanes long going one direction. That's called Broadway. But the Bible is indicating that narrow is the way. It is not the popular way. We have a tract out there called the bridge, and it's a painting, and it shows the majority of the of the flow going on the Broadway, and the narrow way of the believers is just a small path. It's not hard or difficult. That's that's false religion. That that rubs certain religions the right way when you make it sound like it's work salvation. Oh, it's difficult. You got to do a lot of stuff. Many will go that way. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. What does that mean? Well, sheep's clothing indicates on the outside they look like another one of the sheep. They look like a Christian. But inwardly they're ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. How do we judge the fruit? By our own opinions? Again, the word of God. This is why it says consider a man's family. If a man doesn't know how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? That's a fruit. Consider the fruit of his ministry. Consider the fruit of of what he's doing. Consider what's the fruit. Use the word of God to consider the fruit. Then Jesus said, as we read Sunday morning, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven and of course, we talked about how that doing the will of God is obeying the gospel. As it says in Romans chapter 10, obey the gospel. That's doing the will of God. Every, God's, God's not willing that any should perish, but that we would obey the gospel. Then verse 22, there's that word again. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? No, no, it doesn't say, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, we served Mohammed. Many will say, we prophesied in your name. So should we not be looking for popular Christianity and saying, whoa, 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 is it biblical or is it outside of the Bible? Many will say, We have not, have not, we prophesied in in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils. I mean, there's a fruit. The devil is the prince of the devils. Jesus said, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I love the story of the man from George Street. And if you've never seen it, it's a great story. We show it almost every year. And the man from George Street, he's just out handed out tracts and saying, If you died today, where would you go? And he gives the man a tract to read and gives, you know, and it's just awesome. And and one man got one of those tracts and he, and he was offended. And he went back home and he said, That just really bothered me that this man would just confront me like that. I'm a deacon. We're getting ready to have a deacon election. He says to his pastor, "I'm a deacon." And this this man just obnoxious and and spiteful and, and offending people. The pastor said, "I'm glad he said that. I haven't think I haven't thought you were a Christian for a long time." Ooh, ooh! I've heard it said before. In just about every church, there's people that aren't saved it say they are or think they are? It's a burden to me. It's a concern. There are times when I've wondered, boy, did I just baptize or, or maybe four or five years later, did I baptize someone that wasn't a Christian? I'm afraid I have. I'm a human. And, and here's what I want to say. If you're uncomfortable, why, why are you uncomfortable? Secondly, if you say, well, but if I ask them questions like that, it might offend them. Well, look, one of two things. If they're saved, they ought to say, well, yes, I'm saved. And wow, I never had anybody ask me that before. Secondly, if they're offended, it's like the man from George Street. Needs to be done. So we can't go wrong preaching the gospel to every creature. And we can't just say, hey, do you know Jesus? Oh, yes. I, know. I remember Mrs. Gallagher. Mrs. Gallagher was a part of the Catholic Church in Chicago. She had a place on Lake Michigan. I did odd jobs for her, older lady. And, and one day I asked her, have you ever received, and I'm just an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid, not very smart, not very anything. And, but I said, have you ever received Jesus as your savior? And she said, I receive him all the time. I I, I looked at her because see, I thought, I just thought she would go by the rules. You don't say that unless you're saved. And so she said, I was like, "Uh, really? What do you mean? She said, every time we have mass, I, I receive him because he turns into a wafer and they receive him. That's not what the Bible teaches about receiving Jesus as your savior. But that's what she believed. And my 18-year-old stupidity, I'm trying to tell her that's not that's not what what we're, that's and of course she well you're just a dumb 18-year-old and and she, you know, but but I, ha- I got an education that day and I'm continuing to learn. I make so many stupid assumptions. I've done this. So from, from then on, Catholic, okay. I'm, uh, I'm on to you, Catholic. I better investigate. And once in a blue moon, you might find a Catholic who is saved, but if they're saved, the Holy Spirit of God is leading them out. We have a man sitting in here that got saved, went to the Catholic church for a while, until God led him out, and he's no longer there. He found something better. He didn't know there was something better. But he found something better. But but here's here's my problem. Yes, I went to the Baptist church. Been a Baptist all my life. Oh. 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 So, are you saved? Yeah, well, yeah. Got baptized when I was a kid. Oh, wait a minute. But when, are you, when were you saved? Well, I got baptized. See, I found out that it doesn't matter what label you wear. Satan's got his messengers in all the churches. The Catholics, the Baptists, and everybody else's. Because people think, well, well of course I believe in Jesus. The devil believes in Jesus. James says that. James says the devil believes in Jesus. So I, you can't just... You have to invest. What what are you trusting in? What is your, the wise man built his house on what? The rock. The foolish man has his house on sand. What are you trusting in? Who are you trusting in? And him alone. Oh, pastor, that's just too awkward and embarrassing. Again, if they're saved, they're not going to have a problem with you asking that. I remember what our family went on vacation several years ago, and we went to a church, and it was a Wednesday night, and, and uh, it's an independent Baptist church like ours, and, and uh, walked in, and, and the guys, you know, after church, we got we got there, we, we got stuck in traffic, so we got we walked in a little bit late, so after church, the guys going, so how, how are you? And I said, I'm from South Dakota, and oh, what do you do there? I'm a pastor. And he said, so have you ever been born again? I just said, I'm a pastor. I learned something that night. So what? Good for him to be taught to ask me that. They've got a suit coat on. I don't need to ask them if they're saved. (laughs) He said, well, how'd you get saved? (laughs) And I realized... That's right, that's not wrong, that's right. But see our flesh likes to say, well, it's between them and God. But if you were there and you were asking the questions, it is our job to encourage them and provoke them to love and to good works, to to ask them, hey, what does it mean to be born again? And if nothing else, it will do for them like it did for me. It will cause you to say, "Man, I need to be asking people questions more than I've been." Instead of just, "Oh, oh, oh, you're, oh, you're, are you a Christian?" Yes, they're on their way to heaven. They say they're a Christian. That's a cop out, and we're all guilty of it. Many are fooled. And that's why there's a Broadway. And it's not just a Broadway full of the, you know, the Muslims or the Jews or the Mormons or, or the Catholics. No, it's a Broadway full of a bunch of people who thought they were doing works in Jesus' name. Be careful. Because they can be in sheep's clothing. But Acts chapter 20, I just got two more places I'm going to go and we'll stop tonight. Acts chapter 20 and then Romans chapter 16. Acts chapter 20. Acts 20. And Romans 16, Acts 20 and verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves as he's talking to the preachers, the pastors. Take it therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears." It is a burden of mine that we really know who's doing the teaching or who's leading in anything, that we understand that we're on the same page and that we're aware of Satan's devices. Then look with me. Why? Because there's grievous wolves. Then look with me at Romans chapter number 16. Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. And verse 17, now I beseech you, brethren, this is the end of the book of Romans. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple Is it right or wrong for a pastor to say, hey, you need to stay away from so and so, you need to not talk to so and so, you need to avoid so and so? That's cultish. I just read it in the Bible. Now, I think it can become cultish. But if your pastor is really concerned and your pastor, word pastor means shepherd, and he's saying, hey, watch out, I'm just not sure about this, you need to be careful of this, and I've done it with my own kids. We're not going there. We're not doing that. I remember my mom saying, "I don't want you hanging around Kenny anymore." She marked Kenny. She marked him. Kenny's, Kenny's parents went, went to the same church we went to. I don't want you, I don't. I don't like what you're learning from Kenny. She marked him. That's not very Christian. Yes, it is. It is Christian. It's Bible. And I promise you, you do that in your everyday life. Certainly you mark people about certain things. There's more, pe- there's more people out there that would be more upset if their kid married a Democrat than if their kid married an unsafe person. Whoa. Whoa. That says a lot about you if you didn't mark some people. That's why my kids didn't go to the public school. Why? There's a mark Well, they're Christians. Maybe. And if they say they're Christians and they got it on their bumper sticker and they got a thing on their necklace that looks like Christian, are they? Say, Pastor, you're a little riled up. I'll tell you why. There's a real devil. And there are real wolves. And not every kid that goes to Mountain View Baptist Church stays away from the wolves. Not every adult stays away from the wolves. And they'll do it privately. They'll do it in your home. Be careful. I didn't know this till a couple weeks ago. I see it on my Facebook page sometimes, and I just always assumed it it was. It's called Vid Angel. Vid Angel. You probably seen it. These these movies that are made and they're Vid Angel or Angel Studios. And they're movies for Christians, for conservatives. You might, you might have seen it. Vid, V-I-D, Angel, or then Angel Studios. They're Mormons. They're not Christians. That's a, that, those, are, those are Mormon labels. Six weeks ago, someone who used to be in our church and has moved away posted a video that was playing on the Times Square in downtown New York City. I mean, they rented out every screen. And it was, was you know, Christmas story and Jesus, and wow, it's like, and I'm thinking, who paid for this? And then I thought, nah. And so I I, I got to the end, and there was this little blurb, and so I typed it in, and I searched, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Well, It's wonderful. The church, of, the, the Mormon church has a different Jesus than the one in the Bible. Their Jesus is brother to Satan. Their Jesus is equal to Joseph Smith. Their Jesus was a man that God allowed to be God. Their God has all kinds of women up on some planet reproducing. It's not just the Muslims that think stuff like that. You think, well, well but, but I'm, I, I, they're, they're not those fundamentalist Mormons. You know what? The fundamentalist Mormons are actually less hypocritical Mormons than the other Mormons. Because fundamental means foundational. Jeff Warrens is just being, he's just being real Mormon from the 1800s. The compromiser Mormons are trying to be blend in. But I'm telling you, it's not the same gospel. It's not the same Jesus. And so you better be aware that in this day and age, you cannot just assume just because someone says Christian or Christ or wears some kind of a label, there's only one way. Don't call me and say, Pastor Matt, here, I took a picture. What do you think? I'm not the, I'm not the ruler. I mean, I can give you my advice, but there's only one determiner, and that's the word of God. What does the Bible say? I'll help you find it in the Bible, but it's not my opinion or your opinion. It's not how you feel or I feel. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? But see, Satan already won the battle in this country years ago when he started mass producing so many other versions that now nobody knows for sure what the Bible does say. And the Bible's not their final authority. And we are now in the days of judges where every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's where we are. And it's hard to preach against it because it sounds good. It looks good. It's only veering off a little bit. and and, and, and But time will tell. <clears throat> and so... I'll probably, not next week, but the week after, talk more about this very topic of false prophets and why we need to beware. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word. Thank you for opportunity that we have to own a copy, to own it and open it, to read it, to take heed from it. You never told us to use our own judgment and our own opinion, but rather to use your word as the guide Help us to realize that your name is the word. And certainly a Jesus presented couldn't possibly go against the word and still be the word. Help us to be very, very simplistic and submitting to the actual word versus anything else. And help us to get back to the book and to follow your word and let your Holy Spirit lead through your word and protect us from error, we ask in Jesus' name, amen.